But you haven't been recording all this time? Uh, no, I... I, uh... I give you comedy gold time after time, man. <laughs> this is podcast gold. So today is January 2nd, 2013. The world didn't end, Bill, so we got to do another show. Uh, I think we did a show after the world was supposed to end last did we? week. Oh, that's right. We did. Yeah. So, it's, but, it's, but hey, the world is still here. It's 2013. That's right. And I, I, am, I am really excited about 2013. Um, so am I, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm very positive, very upbeat. Yes, a lot. So this is on Taking Pictures. Uh, we're a weekly podcast talking about the art and science of photography and making images. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from fadeandblurred.com. And with me on the other side of the world, I guess figuratively, <laughs> fancy photographer, Bill. Are you still going to be fancy, Bill Wadman? Are you still going to be fancy in, in 2013? If, if everyone wants me to be, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, right in, listeners. Do we, <laughs> do we want Bill to still be fancy in 2013? Oh, fancy. Hey, how was your New Year's? Uh, fairly uneventful. We, uh, we watched, uh, Mission Impossible 4 on the big screen. But you called me from the roof, which was really cool. And then we were up on the roof watching fireworks at the actual yeah. midnight. Yeah. So it was, was cool. it was nice. It was cold, but it was nice. Yeah. You guys are kind of getting blasted over there, aren't you? Yeah. It's, it's quite cold. And, and my, my birthday is on Friday and that, and that means that my, um, license, my driver's license was going to expire on Friday. And oh, I so you got to go to DMV. Happy birthday! You got to go to you. DMV. <laughs> I had to. I had to go to the DMV, right? <laughs> and it just it, oh, man. There's just something about it's the problem is not standing in line. If you knew that it was going to take you X amount of time, and I understand, yes, you need to prepare and know that it's going to. I understand all that. But if if you if you told me. You know, when you get there, go to this line over here and not just walk in and there's a huge giant mess of people and you have no idea where to go, what to do. Um, if you if you told me on the paperwork or on the website, it said, if it said, you know, you're going to go to two different lines. The first line, you're going to get your picture taken and they're going to check your ID. You need these kinds of ID. Then you're going to go to a second, wait your turn and go to a second line where they actually, you know, check your vision and give you a temporary license and you pay. Right. Then I'd go, ah, that makes perfect sense, you know, right. but you get there, you have no idea what you're expecting. Okay. None at all. And it drives me crazy because <laughs> you're just sitting there and you're like, what's, what's next? Wait, am I done? Do, do I have to go <laughs> do somewhere I go else? Now? Do I have to go? Yeah. Is the next step to go home and wait for my license? Um, it was just, oh, it was so annoying. And then, and then I love how you go in there and I had, I had a, you have to show all kinds of uh, ID right in order to prove that you are who you say you are. Right. Apparently, your valid driver's license from another state is not good enough ID. So I also had my <laughs> wait, uh, wait, wait. So your your official picture ID from another state yeah, is not valid as picture ID in New York. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like to get another picture ID, apparently, it's not valid. Sure, sure. Um, so I bring I brought my passport too, which is really you know passports in the grand scheme of things are difficult to get. Right. Way more theoretically, way more difficult to fake than, say, a driver's license, you know. Right. But that's that's not what they want. Although they took a look at it. What they really wanted was my social security card. You know what's on a social security card? Yeah. A a number on some cardboard. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to show your social security card. Yeah. Yeah. Security measures on a social security card. Zero. Yeah. But (laughs) but my passport, that does that's just not going to do it. Or my driver's license with watermarks and 
It just drives me nuts. Like that kind of yeah. stuff just you know Arguably what it is? one of the most high tech forms of ID. <laughs> Not so good. Exactly. I just, it just, it amazes me just this, like the sheer stupidity of that kind of stuff. It drives me yeah. nuts. That's funny. Anyway, but uh, it's done now and, and now I can go about my life. I have to wait two weeks to actually get my license in New York State. Now, did you have to do the actual driving test or just, uh, just, just the photograph and the, and the vision test? Just photo and then, and by vision test, it's like, here, back up two feet, read this line of text. And you're like, <laughs> read this line of Helvetica that's like three inches tall. Yeah, exactly. No, that's pretty much what it was. Actually, it wasn't Helvetica. It was uh, uh, um, like Trade Gothic, I think. Oh, okay. So it's all squishy? Yeah, it was very strange. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, that's done. Let's get on to photography. On to the show. Yeah. Uh, what's what's going on? Anything well, in the news that you want to talk about first? Do you want to get right into? Uh, well, I, I finished my little monthly project. Yes, that's all done. Uh, and, and you finished on a high note. I, I actually really like. Uh, for those of you who've been following this this project, Bill also put up some. They're not outtakes, but just some additional portraits that he made throughout this project. And my favorite one is, uh, the, the girl in blue with the, the really nice bokeh behind her. Yeah, that would be, that would be Deborah Yoon. Love that shot. Yes. Very nice girl. Very pretty girl. Um, are you happy with it? The sh- not the shot, but the entire project. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it came out good. Wanted? I think mm-hmm. it came out very good. And, and Jeffrey and I are going to put together a little behind the scenes ebook kind of thing. Yes. Uh, we're in the process. So if anybody wants to know how these things were done or a little bit more, of what went into them, uh, that, that you will you will get that soon, or have the opportunity to uh, to to read that soon. Yes. Um, yeah. So that that's done. That was kind of cool. You know, it it, it kind of got me thinking though about what viewers what viewers like and how that has has so much to do with whether or not they think something is good, bad, or ugly. You know. Explain. Okay. So on uh, Sunday. I uh, t- took that picture. I took a picture of Deborah Yoon, that girl that you were talking about. Right. And we we went to this crazy art show where <laughs> I, I I don't know exactly who did it. It was at this uh, Park Slope Art or not Park Slope Park Ave Armory in Manhattan, and it was these. There were swings, these big giant sort of swings on all throughout this big giant armory. And the cables from the swings go up to this up to the ceiling through some pulleys and go over and connect to this large sort of curtain that's across the middle of so imagine like if it was a volleyball court right down the middle where the net was there's this curtain sure and as people swing on these you know I think it was maybe twenty different swings around the place these pulleys would pull on this thing so it would have this organic motion to the curtain in the middle. And you could lie underneath the curtain and the thing was 40 feet high. And it was it was very cool little, you know, hmm. weird art installation, kind of large art thing. Yeah, it's a huge space. Yeah, yeah. Totally big and totally cool. Um, not a lot of light in there. Uh, so many people that it was very difficult doing what I really wanted to do. If I was in there alone with her and could get her on one of the uh, swings and have this thing undulating behind her, that mm-hmm. would have been a cool shot. But there's it was packed. You know, there was a line out the door. Right. So I couldn't do that. So I ended up taking a lot of a bunch of different pictures of her in the space, and none of them really sort of gave me the sense of what I was trying to do. Uh so I ended up coming home and I sort of made this multi exposure looking sort of collage out of a bunch of the pictures. I think five of them. Mm-hmm. And I put it up on, you know, my normal things, and the comments that I got were really interesting to me. 
Uh, one guy says, Charles Silverman, I think, who I think might actually listen to the show, says, Breakthrough. Interesting. Uh, another guy says, Favorite. Another girl says, This is a new style. I'm digging it. Really beautiful. Gorgeous piece, this, you know, that brilliant. Like all these like weird things. And I'm like, This is nothing like the work that I've ever done. In fact, right. in, in some ways, it's actually closer to the work that you do right. in your stuff. Um, Interesting. And I, I just, what I, I guess I found it, I found it, it, it kind of, I didn't, I don't know how to feel about that. You know, mm-hmm. do these, because you're looking at this, not necessarily as a, as a throwaway image because it's not, but this was an image somewhat born out of frustration of not getting a single image that you were happy with. Exactly. Okay. And, and all of these people are saying that it's like, oh, this is, this is a whole new direction for you and it's great. That's sort of what I took from a lot of these comments. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, uh, wait, does that mean that you don't like the stuff that I do normally? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, you know, if, 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 if this is what you want, there's plenty of people who do this kind of stuff. Right. And part of this whole December thing is me experimenting and doing stuff that I wouldn't do for a client, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but does, it, does this inspire you to do more of this? Does the does the, do the reactions inspire you to do more of it? The reactions don't. I, I, I if I had shot knowing that I was going to do this kind of stuff, I could have done something cooler. Um, but maybe not in the eyes of the viewer. Yeah, maybe not. But I guess it just it just makes me. It's like the it, it's almost as if some of these people were waiting for me to do something different, and this mm-hmm. is what they wanted me to do, or they just have a soft spot for this kind of stuff, right? You know, which is fine, but it just kind of makes me. It 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 just shows you that. That if somebody really doesn't like black and white pictures, say, mm-hmm. no matter how good your black and white picture is, they're probably not going to like it. Uh, speaking of black and white, the shot of, is it Baratunde? Is that his name? Yeah. From the day Fantastic. before. Yeah, Baratunde Thurston. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- this shot, though, I see what I think what you've done with this shot is, and whether it was conscious or subconscious, because you and I haven't talked about the process behind assembling it, but you've taken something that appears to be very intentional. It doesn't just look like a mismatch of, of shots that you thought were, eh, it looks like it was very intentionally crafted. Okay. Well, that is a, that's good, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the space itself is very trippy, very dreamy Mm because of the way the whole thing works. Um, so in some ways, I ca- a single image did not capture that sort of dreaminess, and that's sort right. of what I ended up sort of going moving towards when I wasn't happy with any of the single images. Um, I, I I like the results, don't get me wrong, but I just thought it was interesting that the reactions that I got from something that I didn't think was very me, people right. saying that's wonderful. It's like, well, then do you not like me? Because you're basically saying, oh, when you're, when you're not acting anything like you, I really like the work you're doing. <laughs> you know, which like I just saying somebody's really photogenic. Exactly. In person, you suck, but on film, yeah. you look great. So it's, it, it's, it, it was, it, it's, and I don't take them as, as backhanded compliments. I just thought it was an interesting observation, you know. I, you know, I'd like to see more of this. Th- to me, this shot looks like a bit from a film it, it's it's Some got this sort of French cinematic. Film. Yeah, it's got this very cinematic feel to it, and I'd like to see I'd like to see what came before it and what and where it leads, if that makes sense. That's fair. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I just I I I, I thought that was interesting. Um, so people, you know, people who do or do not like 
certain things are never going to like what you put out. <laughs> you know, well, and, and, and you can't make everybody happy. No, yeah. and and to the uh, to the other side of that, you're going to maybe attract a new audience or allow people to see your work in a different light by putting up this kind of stuff. And that was that was the whole point of of this project for you was to try new things and right. stretch in sure. different directions to yep. see where you wanted to go. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, but I don't know. It's just something to put out there. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to talk about daily projects? Daily pro- Well, th- you know, this is the time of year when uh, a lot of photographers do these 365 projects. Or uh, uh, let me rewind. Uh, they start 365 projects. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of photographers that start them and don't actually finish them. Or, uh, what bothers me even more is, is the photographs end up devolving to just anything to put up to say that you shot a photo today. Sure. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that that in and of itself helps hone or refine your vision as a photographer. Yeah. Uh, nor is it interesting for the viewer. Right. You know? Uh, sure. So I, 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 I kind of go back to, you know, the idea of taking a photograph a day and posting it, any photograph. Well, if you've got a camera phone, that's pretty easy, you know, yeah, sure. Click, 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 press button. It's done. Um, but when you started for you know for your for an example your your uh 365 project in 2007 your goal was to create essentially a finished client shot every day yeah right. something that that you would be proud enough to put in your book saying i'm a photographer yep and i think if if more photographers would would treat the project that way uh, or maybe start with instead of a 365 project, start with a 30 day project because it is. I mean, you've done a, enough of these to say, look, it's a lot of work. It's the planning, it's the production, the post production, the you know, the casting. In some ways, the hardest part about the stuff that I do is the people, the people involved, right? Mm-hmm. Is organizing people, and even with 365 portraits, that it was it was about getting 365 different people and organizing a day for each somebody sent to me the other day they're like did you you know you did this thing do you really did you ever do you know two in one day and save it up for the next day? i was like no they were shot on that day mm-hmm. you know and they didn't really believe me i don't think yeah <laughs> but it's true um it, it it is hard it's very difficult immensely difficult uh well you know then th- some of these groups, though, they will, you know, make little sort of exceptions to the rules. Like if you if you miss a couple of days or if you've missed a week or you went on vacation, then you can you can post two or three or five to get caught up. Screw which, that. You do it on the vacation. Yeah. It, it, it kind of defeats the purpose. Yes, absolutely. You know, if you're going to make this challenge for yourself, you know, I, I would love to see some sort of thing where, where, you know, you sign up to do a 365 project, you you you. You enter in your email or whatever, and if it if there's no photo from that email on that day, somebody comes from your somebody <laughs> comes to your house with a machine gun. I'm sorry, that's that's in bad taste. No, somebody comes uh, to your house with a baseball bat. Yeah, no, I mean you smashes you get your camera from the project. Now you can still view other people's work, but if you miss a day, you're no longer allowed to post. Yeah, you can you can uh, 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 guilt people into doing it. Yeah. 
yeah. don't know. It no, just, I, you're, you're you're right. For me, the 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 thing was that I. I, my viewers were my thing that kept me in check. Right. If you're just doing it and I mean, sticking them on Flickr or sticking them on Facebook or sticking them on your own site, or if you're just sticking them on your own hard drive, certainly like I, I had a lot of people looking. And so therefore I had a big audience that was expecting a new picture every day. Right. So I had, I had that to, to go for, but I also knew that if I ever didn't do it, I'd be kicking myself for the next five years. Right. Like I have a weird, uh, I have hangups. <laughs> well, it, it, it kind of comes down to intent, right? And, and what, is, what is the intention of, of doing a project like this? Right. Is it simply the discipline of, of posting a photo? Is it uh, trying to make each day some sort of creative or technical or aesthetic exercise? Uh, you know, I'm going to spend the month of December only shooting black and white. Yeah. And trying to learn to see in black and white. Uh, I'm going to do, you know, one light portraits for the month of January or whatever. Um, then I think there's value to it. But just for the sake of putting up a photo. Waste I think of that, time? That, well, it just, yeah, actually. It, it just doesn't become, it's not interesting. It, and it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't really lead anywhere. I agree. Right? No, 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 absolutely. I, yeah, you have to have, there has to be a reason why you're doing it. And you have to... Uh, to me, you have to really stick to it. I in 2011, I did another daily one where some of them were some of them were 10 minute or five minute iPhone shots. Mm-hmm. Some of them were five hour shoot shoots. It was really just about shooting all the time, you know. Right. Um, but the the majority of them were things that I was trying to think about and trying to do stuff and. Uh, but it, but it, but the 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 involvement wasn't nearly what it was for three sixty five portraits. The problem was that was a full time job, right? You know, if you have another job or you're shooting a lot professionally or whatever it is, or you know, you're you're a lawyer or whatever it is, you might not have time to spend three hours a day shooting, right? Um, in which case, you know, doing something on a phone is fine. The trick is to be intentional about it and be serious about it and take, take what you're doing, uh, t- be, be, a, be your own client, you know, mm-hmm. like be professional with yourself. Um, right. And, and the medium, I mean, you know, to say, well, if you, if you've only got a phone, that's fine. I mean, they're, they're, the phones now, they do fantastic job, you know? Yeah, they do. Well, frighteningly good at times. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I guess it comes to it kind of leads us into into what you wanted to talk about and in, in, in that why do we take photographs and we we, we kind of skirt around that uh, and have skirted around it on a number of shows but yeah. I think it's a great discussion to really kind of dive head headlong into did, did I talk about that girl that was at the I think I may have mentioned this last week uh, I did that shoot at the Googleplex and there was like a little like eight nine year old girl there. Did I tell you about talk about this? Yeah, she had. Didn't she have some sort of device she was playing with? Yeah, she was playing with like an. It was it was a it was a Mac eleven inch MacBook Air. She was okay, like okay. Eight, eight or nine. She had a nicer laptop than I do because I don't have a laptop. <laughs> um. Anyway, for those of you who haven't heard the story, if I didn't say it, she she was just sitting there uh, near where I wanted to take pictures of this guy. I had to take pictures of, and I said, you know, do you mind if I take pictures here? And she was very cute. And she goes, she said, you know, I'm interested in photography. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, you should listen to my podcast. You know, we, we talk about why you take pictures. And she says, I know why you take pictures. You take pictures to capture a moment. 
And and I was like, wow, look at you, eight-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. That is one of the reasons why you take pictures. Um, and, you know, for an eight-year-old girl, it's a very good answer to that question. Uh, as you get older, I think that there are a lot of answers to that question. Yes. Um, it's, um, it's it, you know, I... If, if I sort of the, uh, the desert Island mind game, right. The, the thought experiment, right. Uh, I don't think that anyone, people who say, you know, I go get my hair done and my nails done because I want to feel good about myself and blah, blah, blah. And it's for me and blah, 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 blah. You know what? If you were alone on a desert Island, you would not be doing your nails. You do your nails because you want other people to think you look good, (laughs) you know? Okay. Sure. Uh, Okay. So in, in the same way taking pictures it's that that would you still take pictures if no one was going to see them okay you know i probably would because i like looking at my own photographs from a from a memory point of view and i don't take a whole lot of pictures of memorable events i don't i'm not the guy with the camera at the the new year's eve party right um the more snapshotty type of photos. Yeah, I, I, I just I'm not. That's not my thing, right? Okay. Um, I took pictures on uh, around Christmas when we were down in D.C. with my nephew and niece because you know my sister would be like, "Take pictures of your nephew," blah blah, you know that kind of thing. Right, right. And so you know, yeah, I took a twenty or thirty pictures of my niece and nephew. Um, but that's not. It's I'm I'm not that kind of memory creator, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to make moments that I'm then. Uh, taking pictures of. So I look at almost every picture that I've taken. I can remember where I was when I took it. Like if you, you know, if you show me a portrait of somebody, I'll be like, Oh, I remember taking that. Like we were up in this building and X, Y, Z and this, that, and the other thing, you know? Um, And those memories are what they, they, they are some of my most prized possessions and they are the things that keep me wanting to do more. Okay. Now you, you mentioned that you like looking at your own photographs. What, what has more, I guess, intrinsic value for you that the, the making or taking of the photograph or seeing the resulting images. And I've, I've got a, I've got a, a follow-up to this that I want to touch on. So after you answer it for me, uh, they're in some ways, they're both equally interesting to me, but for different reasons. Um, I, I like taking photographs cause usually I'm taking portraits and I love meeting new people and taking mm-hmm. new people's pictures, but that is somewhat unrelated to the actual final images. Um, right. I'm a people person. So I, I enjoy that interaction and I am happier when I am doing that. Um, so for me, it, it's it, the, the taking of the picture has a certain sort of experiential thing, but I also like looking at the the final images because there's a product, there is a there's a physical result of the interaction I had with that person. You know, okay, sure. I, it's it's a it's a it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, when you when you go on vacation and you buy uh, souvenirs, you know, it's a souvenir of an experience. Okay, yeah, and, and okay. One of the other sides of that is, uh, I guess it was was it last year or the year before that that Vivian Mayer kind of came came up that they found all of her photos. I think it was yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, 
very prolific, hundreds of thousands of images, but many of them undeveloped. Yes. Many, many rolls of film, thousands of rolls of film remain undeveloped. So I wonder. <laughs> Millions around the world. Yeah. What's, what's the draw of never seeing the image? Is it, is it just then the process of observing and capturing, but never really knowing what you've captured or how much you've observed? I think that th- what you're talking about, well, th- two things. One, film is expensive to get processed. I think that there's a lot of people who shoot film and don't get it processed because they haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because now it's getting to be a pain. I have a few rolls of film around here that I've shot years ago and I've just never gotten around to doing because they're, you know, Scala and there's only one place in California that still processes it and it's $40 and I'm like, screw that. Um, but the flip side of that is, uh, I think that that is one of the things that we've lost in the transition to digital is that Schrodinger moment. You know, the, the time between taking the picture and developing the picture where you don't know what you got, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, is the cat alive or dead? Right. Um, and I think that that is a really cool, that that's a really cool, uh, phase of the process that I think has been lost. Yeah. No, I mean, I, that was, that was one of my favorite things about shooting, in high school, for example, is, I mean, we would buy, uh, my friend Mark and I, we would buy bulk film, 100-foot rolls, and, you know, roll our own uh, canisters. And there was that moment of, you know, you go shoot for the day or for, you know, a couple days, and maybe a day later, maybe a few days later, you finally develop the film. And there's that, there's that aha moment when you actually did get the shot, or there's that sort of sadness that sets in because you were a little early or a little late. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you, do you think, are you willing to give up that, that, um, what's the word I'm looking for is, 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 is knowing that you got the shot when you leave worth giving up that, that unknown, the, 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 the mystical nature of film. I don't know. And, and this is, this is part of my ongoing saga of selecting a camera, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In, in terms of, of process and how I want to shoot and how, how methodical I want to be and, and what my choices are of, do I leave the, the LCD preview on the back of the camera off to treat it more like it yeah. used to be well that's you know um, that, that, like in that uh is it side by side is that the documentary we talked about about the movie making oh yeah the keanu reeves thing yeah, yeah. where they're just like you know and it's digital now so you have no time to like you know uh, uh you know relax between takes or whatever it is it's like well just because the camera is ready to go doesn't mean you have to use it instantly right you know right in the same way you could turn the screen off on the back of your camera don't chimp at all and only look at the pictures when you get home and you will have something of the experience of shooting yeah. film. Well, and, people and, don't and, generally do that, but you could. There, part of the other side of that is, is, you know, a lot of photos look good at three inches. True. You know, they, they, they might look fantastic on the back of your LCD, but then you get home and they're soft. Yep. Or, you know, uh, you, you miss the, the, the expression that you were hoping to catch, but it looked great on this tiny little screen. I really like, 
And I think that's part of the reasons that I'm so drawn to uh, this Fuji X-Pro kind of a camera is I'm, I'm drawn to how I used to shoot film. And, and, you know, maybe that's me holding on to this sort of quasi-Luddite sensibility, but I, I like the surprises. I like the happy accidents. And yeah. it's, it's one of the reasons that I made a little bit of a veer off back into, into illustration and painting and art was because there's, there seems to be more room for happy accidents and, and sort of random bursts of creativity. Uh, that is true. Um, and the thing is, is that, I mean, in some ways with, with the sort of the, uh, death of film over the next year or two, when all these companies start, stop making them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to get harder and harder to make the decision to still want that. It's, it's almost like you're, it's not like we have 50% film and 50% digital and you can choose one side of the fence. You right. really don't have much choice on the other side going forward. At least if you think you're going to want to do this for the next couple of years, you know? Well, um, it, yeah. And, and, and so so it's it's a it's a it's a sort of a false premise, right? That you could choose one or the other. Um, yeah, it's it's strange. You know, I, I I told you when I was at Sammy's looking at at cameras, the the particular fellow that I that I got to to talk to um, spent most of the time that I was there talking about how digital still isn't as good as film, and he only shoots with his Leica M6, and which is kind of an odd speech for a you know, a <laughs> camera store salesman. To, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it, you look at the, at the film area, uh, in Sammy's and it's, it's one little gondola, you know, uh, yeah. it's Ilf, Ilford paper on one side, no Kodak paper at all. Yep. Uh, a few bottles of Kodak chemistry on the other side and not much else. Yep. I remember um, over the course of the 10 years that I've been interested in photography at B and H watching the darkroom area used to be four full rows of a whole section of the store is now a four by eight foot cubby in the back corner. Yeah. Right, right next to the bathrooms. Well, and literally you know, kinda, right next to the bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's an interesting transition. I don't think it's changed why we make pictures. No, it, well, absolutely. And I guess that that's the deeper question, right? What do 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 you expect your images to outlive you? You know, that that's see, I don't know. If and not to not to keep belaboring the film versus digital. If if film were still king of the mountain, yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, but, but okay, yes, the the film is going to be there. Do you expect anybody to actually look at them? No. Right. And that's that's I have my own fantasies about that, right? That that somehow one of my pictures or a handful of my pictures will enter into that more global canon of human accomplishment. <laughs> mm-hmm. So someday in in the same way that that you and I talk and 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 ruminate over uh, uh Kurtesh and Ache Yes. Uh, somebody's going to be doing a show talking about Wadman. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that is my, that is the ultimate fantasy, right? That people mm-hmm. will care about what I've done. Now it's somewhat enough to me to know that I care about what I'm doing. So for me right now, that's, that's enough. 
mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know that. I don't know how I, I don't, I, I, I think that it's a fantasy. I don't think that there's any reality in it, you know, in what I'm but, trying and, to and, and But as long as it doesn't inhibit you creating and moving forward, then I think that's healthy and fine. I, I think that the moment you stop doing it because, well, I don't think that it's going to be remembered or I don't think that a hundred years from now, people are going to be looking at my work. So why bother? Right. That's when it kind of becomes silly. Yeah. But there is a certain thing that it's like, okay, I am 37. I will be 38 on Friday. I've been taking photographs seriously for five or six years. Mm-hmm. I, all of the pictures that I care about, you know, everything that I, I, I really need is in a folder called finished images in like that. I keep offline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that big. It's 3,900 items. You know, so when it comes right down to it, I've taken less than 4,000 pictures that I care about. Okay. Um, that is the whole sum total of everything that I've done. Right. There are guys like, uh, Thomas Hawk who are trying to take 10 finished images a day because they want to have a hundred thousand finished images when they die. You know, Yeah, but then uh, you got on the other side of that. What was Ansel Adams said? If you if you did one one a month, that was a good month. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. Is it, I, who knows? Maybe it's the modern world expects you to take more pictures faster. Not necessarily. Not necessarily that they're better pictures. But, right. you know, so I I'm 38 now. Let's say I live just OK. My father died at 60. So let's let's just for the sake of argument, I'll probably outlive my father by many years. But let's, for the sake of argument, say that I have, what, 22 years left. Okay. Um, if in five years I made 4,000 in 22 years, I'll probably make another 16. So let's say there's 20,000 images that is my total canon. Will anybody really look at any of those except for opening up an old magazine or <laughs> clicking on a website of an old magazine, some picture <laughs> I took of some guy right. for Business Week or something? Will right. anybody look at my work? Is anybody going to look at my picture of Deborah Yoon at this show? Will ever, will anyone really ever look at it other than the other day when I posted it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. What, what's the shelf life? Right. And, and, and I mean, beyond the technical limitations of, okay, you know, our JPEG is going to be around in 50 years. I think that they will, but whatever, you know, there's that kind of stuff too. Right. But, but just, you know, what we, we as humans are creating this huge output of stuff of words, of images, of video, you know, there's, what is it? What is the thing? There's an hour of video going up on YouTube every minute or 10 hours every minute or some ridiculous thing, right? That you could, you could literally never watch all of YouTube because it's growing faster than you can watch it. Um, you know, so what's the point, you know, what ultimately it comes down to you. And there was a guy who wrote yesterday, I think it was the guy, I think it was Ryan Block. I'll have to find the link to this. Mm-hmm. He was saying why he, he's quitting Instagram. Okay. Uh, you know who Ryan Block is? He he used to work at Engadget. And now he's at GDGT or whatever that other right, right. gadget site is. Um, and has nothing to do with their terms of service. Uh, he, well, he, he brought up the terms of service stuff as saying that like a whole bunch of people are leaving because of that. But that's not why he was doing it. He was doing it because, you know, there's all these different social networks and I'm putting all this content up and who knows who owns it after these places go down, you know, that, that right. he's getting in emails from Friendster now, who's now owned by some, you know, Taiwan or I think it was a Vietnamese company that, you know, some kind of crazy stuff, you know, that he doesn't know. Um, but he, he also came to this point where he's just like, I, I don't know. 
what is the point? You know, he says, uh, you know, all these people are putting up all this stuff. You're not really looking at all of it. And you're not really, is that how much of the stuff that you're putting up on these things really matters that much anyway? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm getting comments from people about my December stuff. It's very nice that they're commenting. It's very much that they like it. That's all great. But does that actually make any difference to me in my life? You know, if a hundred people saw the picture and liked it or a million people saw it and liked it, would that really change me or my experience of taking that picture or making yeah. it or your trajectory moving forward? Exactly. Yeah. Am right. I going to get work because somebody likes a picture of, you know, the, you know, Todd Reynolds with the Marshall stack. Right. I, I don't, I mean, I hope so, but I, I'm not betting on it. You know, I'm it, making no, that stuff for me. And he, he says, you know, people ask why quit? And he said, sometimes I ask why stay? Like that right. all of this is just, it's just noise that, yeah. that we're spending so much time just looking at all this stuff coming at us. We're not taking any time to actually live our lives. And I think that there's this backlash towards being social about all this stuff that I think is somewhat fair, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, look, Nikki and I have had conversations about this over the past couple weeks about me embarking on a new trajectory and a new path. And I think for me, it came down to, I stopped a couple years ago, a few years ago. Um, I stopped looking at a lot of this stuff. I stopped taking it in. My inspiration level and my sort of stimulus level coming in dropped very low. Yeah. And as such, I felt, I felt no need to create. I felt I, I felt like I didn't have anything to say. Uh, I felt like I didn't have a point of view. Okay. Um, and I fell into these, these, these sort of patterns of, okay, I'm going to put some stuff up from, you know, from on faded and blurred and we're going to do these posts and we're going to do this. And, and, and none of that really mattered. And what's been ramping up over the, over the past probably year or so is I've been looking at more and more work, been looking at more and more painting, sculpture, uh, photography, and all of that input, all of that stimuli has to go somewhere, right? Yeah. It has, it has, has to it inspired through. you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you do, but I mean, that goes back to a conversation we had in, you know, episode 10 or something where it's like, can you, can you be overwhelmed by stimulus and so frustrated by the fact that all you're seeing is everyone's best pictures and think that you're never going to do something that good. So, you know, if you're, all you're looking at is the best 100 pictures of everyone in the world, you know, from last year, right, right. How, how do you compete with that? There's 8 billion people. I'll tell you how you compete with it. Uh, for me, you stop comparing yourself to them. You, you stop saying, for me, I stop saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be Avedon. So why bother taking pictures? Right. I'm, I'm not going to be Rauschenberg. So why paint? Yeah. Good thing you're not Rauschenberg. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I think that that was, was the turning point was when I finally, when I finally realized that I don't have to be Avedon or Meyerowitz or Wadman mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever to matter. And one of the things that helped get me there is, as I'm, I'm going to get a little sappy for a minute, was doing this show. Aww. Is the amount of feedback? No, seriously, the amount of feedback that we get and the amount of email that people write in, 
who thank us for doing this show, for talking about what we talk about, for saying this kind of stuff matters. It, it helped to change my mind and to kind of get me out of comparing myself to everyone else and just say, look, your vision is important. Your, your voice is, it has value, but it only has value if you put it out there. And True. whether it's, whether it's you put it out there on some social network or your own website, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is I'm letting the inspiration work through me and, and come out the other side, however it comes out, whether it's, you know, a poem or a screenplay or a novella or a painting or, or, or a photograph. Yeah. It's, it's allowing the world to affect you in such a way that you respond to it somehow. Uh, absolutely. And I think that for some people, even posting, if not many people or anybody at all is going to see it is there's a process of releasing something you've made. Sure. There, I, I, you know, I have too many friends who are, who are artists who just can't let go. They just keep working over, working over, working. It's like, just at a certain point you have to say it's done and yeah. move on to the next thing. Yeah. Because otherwise you're never going to move on and then you're never going to make the next, you know, you're going to make better things in the future. You know, if you, you need to get it so close to there and then you need to let it go because you're never, it's never going to be perfect. So, you know, do as good a job as you can and then move on. And so right. for some right. people, I think you're right. And they, th there's a certain amount of, I mean, I do this too for uh, years before I did 365 portraits, um, I started, this is in 2004. Uh, I think it was November 23rd, 2004. I was sitting in my house and I was, I was, uh, I, I couldn't, I, 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 I was a musician. I have a degree in music. I took pictures. So yeah, I'm a photographer. Um, I do computer programming stuff. Okay. So I'm a computer programmer, but like, how much do I do all of these things really? Like, you know, I, I talk a good game, but do I actually produce? Sure. And how well are you producing? Right. And I was sitting here one night and I was very depressed. Um, and over, I just, do you want to, do you want to talk about why you were depressed? Uh, just overall frustration with the fact that I wasn't doing, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was talking, I wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm starting. And this was the first time I ever, I, I'm a chronic procrastinator. This was the first time that I actually ever just put my foot down and said, boom, this is, we're doing this. And I started a daily project. Um, and you can actually go see the results of it. You can go to billwadman.com slash 365. And it is completely unrelated to photography, although there are some photographs in it. Um, I started writing music and I started writing poetry. And I, I just did something creative every day for a year. Um, and no, very few people were looking at it. I, there was no Facebook back then. I, I wasn't linking to it. I mean, there was a handful of people who knew about it, but it was, it was mostly about just putting it somewhere where it could be seen, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it, it, it turned out to be very timely because, uh, my father, uh, got sick, uh, again, uh, and consequently died of cancer during this year that I was doing this, this was Oh five, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was like Oh four yeah. to Oh five. So it was like November Oh okay. four to November Oh five. And the, 
I now have this, this record mm-hmm. of that process and, and not like I didn't take pictures of my, fa- I mean, there was a couple of pictures of my father in there when he was sick or whatever it is, you know, not purposefully taking sick pictures of my father, but you know, there's, there's photographs of him and there's, there's songs about my father. There's that kind of stuff, but it's not all about that. There's all kinds of other stuff in there too, but there's this record. There's this creative diary of, of that year of my life. And I can go back and this was probably the most traumatic year I've, I have ever had and, and arguably will ever have. Sure. And I can go back there and I can go day to day and see, and I can look and I remember how I felt when I was making this or that, or you mm-hmm. know, writing that mm-hmm. song. Um, I remember, you know, coming home from the hospital and writing some X song or, you know, some poem or taking a certain picture in the basement of my parents' house when we heard bad news. I remember all of that. And, and I can go back and, and there's this intense connection to all of these objects, these virtual objects, um, that, that I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give anything for the stuff that I made, you know? Um, and, but, but a lot of it, again, this wasn't stuff to be seen. This was just stuff to, 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 to have something to show for the time that I'm spending on the earth, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm living and I'm going to die someday. And you know what? It's no one. I hope that people like the stuff that I make after I'm gone, but I can't, I can't guarantee that. I don't know. I, I don't think that the stuff that I've made so far is, is important enough to be remembered much after my death. Hopefully I will at some point make that kind of stuff. Um, but that to me is much more important than me being a successful photographer on a financial level. I could make okay. a lot more money doing what I do if I did what people wanted me to do. But I want to do what I want to make because I only I only have one chance to go through this. Sure. You know? Is it more important that the work is remembered or that you are? I mean, this is going in a completely different area. No, this and, is, but, and, I, but I think know. this is germane. Um, yeah. Me, are, 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 you, are you wanting people to look at the work and go, I remember Bill and, and, and remember that portion of it? Or does the work, is, is the work the legacy or the memories of you the legacy? I think for the generation that, for as much as that I will be in the living memory of people after I die, mm-hmm. I think it's more the latter, that I want them to look at the work and remember me. Sure. Um, but that's for people who knew me. I also, but for people who don't know me, who've only ever seen my work, I, I, I like the idea that, that they are, that they are, they, they look at it and they go, wow, that's, that's really great. Yeah. You know, you, that, that is, that is a piece that's just, it's just, it's really great. It's fantastic that he, that, that, that thing, a human, a person made that and it's here now because right. people, somebody t- took the opportunity and had some sort of put the energy. It's sort of like, you know, there's the whole um, part of relativity is talking about how energy and matter are interchangeable. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there, there's this, there's this idea that I have that like when you're creating something, it's like you're, you're condensing mental energy into matter. You're yeah. making something out of thought. Sure. And, and it's, it's just, that's just such a, I, there are a lot, a lot of people have different ways of talking about happiness. 
and fulfillment in their lives. And I know a lot of people who are not particularly creative people. And for them, they get, you know, all kinds of happiness out of all kinds of things. You know, I, I have no interest in sports, but you know, I have family members who are huge giants fans and somehow they get something out of that, that I don't understand, but, Mm -hmm. but, but they, they find that that's enriching to their lives in some way. Um, but for me, it's like if, if, if I lived my life and had nothing to show for it, in, in, in sort of like a, here's not, not just like, here's what I did for a job for somebody else. Right. But here's what I did for me. Right. That is such a, that's such a, it's a completely different paradigm, you know? Well, it, I think it more accurately, it's a more accurate portrayal of the individual and it's a more accurate portrayal of what was important to you. Uh, True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So you were, you were, you were a, a, a stockbroker or a lawyer or, you know, whatever the job is that, that you did, you know, my, my, my friend Mark uh, would tell me stories about, you know, his father saying, look, if it was fun, they wouldn't call it work. You know, you, you just, you, I hate you, that line. Yeah. I you, re- you know, it really, it really angers me that. Yeah. Kind of it grates on you. Right. Because this is what you're going to be doing for the majority of your time on this planet. Right. Yeah. Um, but you can get to the point where, I mean, sort of what you're saying, this, this, this idea of legacy and leaving behind. I mean, look, we do this every week with our photographer of the week. We, we look at somebody and yes, we look at their work, but more often than not, we then go look up who they were. What were they like? What, what was this person about? And in that way, that I think does something to enrich us for doing it. Uh, but it also keeps that energy of them going. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, I just, I, it, I, I personally um, get very depressed. I do not feel alive unless I'm making things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I, I, I just get a certain level of I don't, I don't know. It's it. You, you, your life on earth should not be fighting. You know, this is, I'm not going to get into the political stuff of it, whatever. I'm not, this is not why I'm bringing it up. But last night, uh, Heather and I were watching um, this history show about World War II. And they were talking about, you know, the 30 million Soviets who were killed during World War II and, you know, of course the Holocaust and the amount of millions of Germans died and all this kind of stuff and, and how awful it was for some of these people in, in Leningrad, they were under siege for two years and these people were like eating dead bodies and like all this like awful, like unbelievably inhumane things that were going on. So people could survive so that they could live. Mm -hmm. And there were still artists who were performing and the symphony didn't stop playing the entire time, you know, that right. they were there and that kind of stuff. And you look, you look at this stuff going on in Washington this last week and you're like, okay, they're arguing over like a couple of percent taxes going up or whatever it is, or, you know, like going back to what they were for Clinton or whatever it is. None of this involves, should involve the amount of vitriol that people are talking about, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. there's such a big, we have it so good. We're in a time of relative peace and you know what I mean? Like, like sure. everyone just get off of your high horses and live your life and try to be happy. Don't stop thinking about minutia and things 
and you know what's what's due to me it's like make something right you know add something to the world stop trying to consume things from other people Um, when you and i had similar experiences in, in in losing a parent but we reacted very differently you after your 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 dad died yep. y- you kind of were still in this fairly prolific period is that fair yeah i i took it as a challenge to you know to do as much as i could in the time that i had left mhm see i um, f- for the first couple years i went the other way and i i completely shut down you know i had i had a there's a girl that i dated 10 years ago who lost her father to prostate cancer long before my father died mm-hmm. and um and she's a friend of mine but i met her it was like just about a year after her father died and she was still going through a whole lot of really rough stuff like mentally and panic attacks and you know the usual stuff that goes along with that kind of thing sure and um I remember talking to her after my father died because I just wanted some perspective, even though, you know, she and I talked about all this stuff, you know, you don't understand until that happens to you. Right. And I remember talking to her and, and, and we came down on two different sides of, 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 of a hill of a mountain, like a continental divide to her. The death of her father made her, um, appreciate little things more, you know? Okay. So to her, it wasn't about, I'm going to take over the world. It was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this hamburger and know that I'm alive and eating this hamburger. Right. Um, for me, I went the other way and said, none of that stuff matters. I need to do something big. I need to make my life count in the larger sense that she got very micro. I got very macro. Okay. And I think in reality, the ultimate goal should be somewhere in the middle where you're, you're trying to build something better but you're also realizing the moment to moment you're living in the present that the, you know, it's a very Buddhist kind of way of thinking. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. This is heavy stuff. It is, man. Our listeners are probably like, wow, this is heavy. <laughs> They're like, Ching, change channel. <laughs> change channel. <laughs> but it's, 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 I don't know. I think it's interesting. Well, I mean, I think it does get to, to why we do this. And I, the, the to kind of come back full circle i i've really taken the start of this year much more seriously than i have probably the last 3 or 4 years in in that i am making a conscious decision to contribute to the stream to put work out there for criticism and not just be the voice of criticism i think that's I, a very I, good idea I want to put my work out there and hold it up to your work and to Avedon's work and to everybody else's work, not not in in the form of is it as good as, but I want the same chance to be given to it for for discussion. Yeah. And I want to learn from it and I want to grow from it. And this has been, you know, I, I've been in this sort of creative paralysis for for a while. And um the idea that that I get something out of this is center stage now. I think that the ultimate test for art is truth and honesty. That it's not about whether it's good or bad or somebody subjectively thinks that it is good or bad. It's more of sort of the Robert Persig angle of does it have quality? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it is it 
what you intended? Is it is it pure for for what you were trying to do? And and not like is it exactly what you wanted? Just is it? Did you did you go into did you create something with an open heart? Mm-hmm. Is that is that really kind of a cheesy way of saying it? Maybe. But Maybe, I, but, but, I, I, but I get where you're going. Yeah, there's. so I think that if you, as long as you are making stuff that is honest and you're and putting whatever it out there. Whatever that stuff is. Yeah. If it's music, if it's, if it's fiction, nonfiction, if it's poetry, if it's film, if it's video, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the important part. I, I, t- I will tell you, I spent the last probably half of 2012 – being incredibly inspired by some of the work I've seen out there yeah, uh, and, and letting myself be inspired by it. I, I had to consciously sort of throw off these, the, the, the cynical blinders that I have spent years and years cultivating and, and allow myself to be inspired. And when I did, that's when I felt some changes start to happen. When I, when I said, look, you know, point me, show me where you want me to go. It's funny how sometimes you get self-conscious about, uh, giving into inspiration, you know, that somehow it's somehow, uh, it's cheesy to, you know, get inspired and be excited, but it's not, which is why, like, you know, the other week on Christmas day, when all my friends were over here and we made that Caravaggio knockoff, Mm -hmm. it was like, they were really into it. And I was like, this is so cool. This is like, I feel like it's, you know, our gang, like putting on a show, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it was everyone like all excited. It was, it's exactly the kind of energy that I want around me all the time. Um, well, it's, it's, it's exactly the kind of energy by and large you feel when you're doing this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Hey, thanks for sticking with us, those those seven of you that are <laughs> that are still here. That's good. All right, so you know what? Let's let's uh, do a sponsor. You have been setting up a new website for yourself. I, I am in the process of setting up a new website for myself. I am I am uh, intentionally setting up a, a, a site to shoot more, um, and I'm I'm really hoping to. Uh, to see where it goes. I'm really excited to see where it goes. And uh, um, I'm looking at, uh, at our friends from Squarespace. All right. So Squarespace is a website hosting and software all in one. Uh, it's easiest way to set up your website. Uh, it, it, they, are, they are just fantastic, right? So if you want to set up a portfolio or a blog or all of the above, uh, it's all drag and drop. It's all very easy to import images and to type and rearrange things and, 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 and customize the look of stuff. Uh, you can bring in your stuff from uh, WordPress blogs and, and, and Tumblr and that kind of stuff, import it into Squarespace, export it out to all the other social media stuff. Uh, you know, They wrote me the other day, the guys at Squarespace, and wanted me to point out a new app that they have. Which is okay. This this awesome. thing is sexy. Yeah. This it, this when you showed me this 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 is kind of the tipping point. Yeah. So if you go to squarespace.com/portfolio, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, if it, Squarespace has started making applications for iOS, and I think they have a couple of them now. They have one called Note. 
which allows you to put it's like just for note taking and stuff, which has not very little to do with Squarespace. They just wanted to make it to, you know, to keep thoughts and ideas and inspiration and that kind of stuff. Right. And so they've made a new one called Portfolio. And what it does is it keeps in sync with your Squarespace website. Offline. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically downloads all the images that you've uploaded to your Squarespace site and makes them available on this sort of portfolio application, uh, which is just so cool. Yeah. Uh, so that you can, that, that, that you can have these, um, you can basically have your portfolio on your phone, your iPad, that kind of thing. Uh, and and have it keep sync with your website. So when you update your website, it's updating the stuff on your, on your iPad. Uh, right. So cool. And it's taking the high res images, it's caching them locally. So you don't have to be online. You can, cl- you know, check a bunch of images and email them to somebody and, you know, it'll send four images to somebody if they like certain images and they want to, you know, you want to send them to them. It's just, it seems like a really cool thing. I mean, we've talked about, doing portfolios on iPads before. I think we did earlier and mm-hmm. I've never found a good way to do it. Um, other than just, but there always them. seems to be a trade-off. All yeah. of the apps that I've, that I've looked at personally, there, there seems to be a trade-off uh, and, and they don't, you, they're separate from your website. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing is you've got to, you, you put up your website and then you go, okay, now what do I want to have on my iPad? Yeah. Well, I want to have everything on my iPad. Right. So this completely fixes that, right? So it's just, it's keeping it all in sync. Yeah. So you just, you're updating your website and then you know that you have your portfolio on your iPad and iPhone ready to go. I don't know. I just, I think it's a really great idea. It's a super idea. And it's super as, as per a lot of the other stuff that Squarespace has made, it's super clean. Uh, you know, it's customizable, but like the, the, the straight sort of look of stuff is really great to begin with. You don't even need, it doesn't even require a whole lot of fanciness. The hardest thing about setting up your account on Squarespace is deciding which of their themes to use as as your starting point. Honestly, I mean, that, that I, I keep going back and forth. I love Flatiron. I love Aviator. Um, there, there are so many really cool themes. I can't, I wish I could have like you know, depending on which day you hit the site, you get a different theme. So I could have a bunch of them that people can see. Multiple sites. Yeah. 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 Like you randomize the theme. Yeah. So, you know, well, you, the good you thing is you can always go back and change your theme. Yeah. As yeah. you work, which is, which is pretty great. Uh, but it's just, it's so anyway, this portfolio app is fantastic. Uh, the other nice thing about your website is that it's responsive all the way down to an iPhone or an iPad. So if someone wants to go to your website it's going to shrink all the way down and be responsive down to down to small things, you know, and all the navigation still works and all the rest of it. It's fantastic. So you get these really clean templates. You get the drag and drop interface, responsive design, social media integration. So it's it's you know Twitter and Facebook and the like. Uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, oh man, they're so good. And twenty four hour customer support. Yep. Uh, we have a new code for this month though. Ha! Yeah, we do. So, so uh, in December it was take more pictures. Yeah, yeah. But that code's no good anymore. Right, no more. No more. You're, you're, we don't want you to take more pictures. No. This month, we want you to take better pictures. There so you the go. the code is take better pictures, all <laughs> one word. Uh, we'll get you 10% off when you decide to buy. You can go try Squarespace for free for two weeks. Go set up an account, no credit card necessary. You can set up a site, play with it, import your stuff, see how it looks, see how it feels when you decide to go. Uh Use our code, take better pictures, and you'll get 10% off. Uh, and you'll free domain registration in there. 
too. Mm-hmm. So there, it's it's if you don't have a portfolio or you have some old flash portfolio or you're using some competitor site that costs a lot of money, it's like sixteen bucks a month for the unlimited, eight dollars a month for I think for the for the yeah starts at eight bucks a month. Yeah, so it's like come on, it's no brainer. It's like a hundred dollars a year to have this beautiful website, and then you can go get this free app that'll let you do the portfolio. Yeah, that's the other thing. The app is free. Yeah. It's like this is this is absolutely no brainer. Yep. Uh and uh these these guys are, are are great. Squarespace, we thank them very much uh for their support. Man. Good stuff, huh? They're they're fantastic. Squarespace, you know, they you know what it is? They they're good people and they, they do a good job, you know? Uh and they are everything you need to create an exceptional website. So go try them out. Take better pictures. Hey. You know who's almost as cool as Squarespace? Who's that? Leo DiCaprio. Okay. I I told you about this story, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is something, nothing to do with anything, really. <laughs> well, um, it's, just, it's just funny. It's just badass is what it is. Um, so there, I saw an interview with Steven Spielberg talking to Oprah, and they were talking about Lincoln, and, uh, and the, the, he was having a hard time getting – him to 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 come on right apparently they were going to use leslie nielsen or liam leslie nielsen Wait, what? Li, liam neeson rather <laughs> so sorry <I> like, <laughs> they were going to use liam neeson as, as leslie him. nielsen that would have been a completely different movie exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think of some sort of airplane joke that would fit but yeah, it yeah. doesn't surely you don't think i'm the president exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i am the president don't call me Shirley. um <laughs> so they were going to go with liam neeson but apparently it didn't work out and uh, he was thinking of using Daniel Day-Lewis or whatever, but he couldn't get a hold of him or whatever. DiCaprio's over at Spielberg's house with his wife. Uh, it was Leo and, and Spielberg and his wife. And they're sitting there. They're chatting, whatever it is. Leonardo DiCaprio says, hey, whatever happened to Lincoln? You've been doing that for five years. What's, what's going on? And he's just like, oh, longer than that. And he tells him the whole story. And he tells, told him that he wasn't able to uh, reapproach Daniel because uh, he, he tried one screenplay and it didn't work. Whatever it is, Daniel wasn't interested. Couldn't get a hold of him. He says the next day... Was it, wasn't he a cobbler at this point? Yeah, I mean, how tough who knows, to right? get a hold of him? It says, and the next day, my assistant said, Leo's on the phone. I just love the idea that somebody could call him and be like, Bill's on the phone. You know who it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And he said, you got a pencil? Write this down. It's Daniel Day-Lewis's <laughs> cell phone number. He's expecting your call. <laughs> you know what? Daniel Day-Lewis is so cool, Right. That Steven Spielberg can't get his number. Yeah. You know, yeah, but he, how, but he's how in, exclusive he's, does this guy have to be, right? Yeah, but but, he, but he's on quick dial for DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or DiCaprio, yeah, DiCaprio made it happen. <laughs> so if you see Lincoln, which I haven't, and I'm looking forward to seeing it eventually, um, you, will, you will enjoy yourself due to Leonardo DiCaprio. So you That's can right. thank him for... for I, I've, I've heard that, uh, that Daniel Day-Lewis is superb. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard great things about him, too. Man, we got a lot to go on this show. Uh, we've got a ton of emails, and, and All right, so let's, thank let's, you. let's blow let's, through some of these. What do we got? Okay, uh, let's start with Martin. Martin Dorsch. Uh, this was uh, a recent one. I think we got this like an hour ago. He's going to be yeah, very excited. This, he's, yeah, right. We, we, usually, we would push you, but but this was we, we've touched on some of this. What do you do for self education? Books, tutorials, trainings? Uh, do you just learn from English speaking guys aiming on the cultural aspect of photography and learning? And and this this one kind of resonated with you. So why don't you take the lead on this one? Um, self-education. I am of the opinion that the best way to learn is to do. And when you hit a wall, figure out how to get over the wall. 
So okay, how do you, I'll, let me, I'll play devil's advocate. How do you figure out how to get over the wall? Uh, Google. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks, Martin. <laughs> yeah. So open a browser, Martin. And do, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you, you have quite a few books. You're a, you're a big photography book person. Uh, I have maybe a couple dozen photography books, but they're, but they're, they're, you know, portfolio kind of books. They're not, okay. they're not how to books. I have very few how to books. So technical Although, by challenges. the way, my, the how-to book I'm in, I think, is coming out this week. So we should, uh, I we just got an that. email from Ibarian X. It, I think it ships this week. Okay. I'll have to or go or it just shipped last week. We can talk about that later. But um, I've never been a big fan of just reading a whole bunch of tutorials or manuals and, and trying to figure things out. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll see a picture that I want to replicate or something, and I'll figure out how to replicate it. I'll say, oh, look, it's soft light over there. It's, you know, I'll look in the eyes and see the reflections mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. lights. Um and I just, think we talked about your Dan Winters experiments yeah, on the and, show. And just, it, yeah, just look at what he's doing and try to replicate it. You know, even if it's not exactly the same, you're not going to have the same model in the same situation. But, you know, if you can figure out and you go, oh, that's how he did it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's 90% of it. And then use that as a tool in your own toolbox for when you take pictures. Um, and then as far as like post-production and that kind of stuff goes, you know, you play with something in Photoshop until you're like, ah, how the heck do I get it to do this? And you look up and you go, oh, how do I mask and blah, blah, you know, right. and you look up online and there's people who talk about this kind of stuff. You could certainly go take classes or read books. I am just very autodidactic. I like learning myself. I like figuring it out. Well, look, with, with regard to post, um, I would say most of Photoshop skill is repetition. There, there aren't a lot of things that you're going to do to your photographs, but you need to practice those things to, to be good at them. Yes. But it, it, yeah, it's all about just using the tools, mm-hmm. you know, using the tools and using the tools, um, and, and, and refining things, you know, um, the other day I was talking about doing something one a day or whatever it is. And this, our friend Everett was over and I don't think he knew that I did the daily project. And so I pulled out three, six, five portraits book and he, started flipping through it and then it was out on the table. And then Heather went through page by page last night. And of course, Heather's seen them all a billion times, but it's funny. I was looking at the, I was looking at him over her shoulder. Cause I don't go back and look at this stuff all that often. Um, and I just, I just look at like the ham fisted lighting and post-production in a lot of the pictures. I'm like, Oh, I could have done that so much more refined now. And that's right. the thing. It's still, they still look like my pictures. I just think that they're, it's just, they're much more polished now, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm better mm-hmm. at it now. Um, so it, it, in, in that way, it's the same thing, right? It's just a matter of doing it over and over and over again, and you get better through repetition. You know, you like, you want to become a mechanic? All right, you go and you start playing with engines, you know? Right. Um, it's it's the, what the, the Gladwell 50,000 hour thing. Uh, 10,000 hours. 10,000 yeah. 10, hours. Yeah. But, but it's true. You know, it's, it's just doing it over and over and over again. And, and, and with like the, yeah, with the technical stuff, I, I think doing is much better than reading, you know, get yourself a couple of lights, put them in manual mode, figure it out. You know, it's not, I mean, once you get it, so they're all syncing, then figuring out how to use the lights is all about, you know, getting your significant other, your best friend over and, and just keep kerfutting with things until it mm-hmm. works. You know, uh, one of the things that, that and sometimes Patrick, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things Patrick does, if he doesn't have a model, he he's gotten uh, like a makeup head, uh, and and just puts it on a on a light stand and and sets it up and he'll spend hours just trying different oh, lighting setups. I, I thought he puts the mannequin behind the camera and he gets in front of the camera. 
He does that too, right? He does that too. Okay. Yeah, he does. <laughs> wow. No offense. I, I just thought yeah. it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I always wanted one of those things. Like a yeah, mannequin. He got, he got him on like eBay or something. And then he, he, puts, lo- he now talk about a guy who experiments in Photoshop, like him, he, you know, putting yeah. his face on everything. But those are yeah. just silly. Yeah, those are silly. But he he does, and yeah. he'll you know he'll he, he's he'll, good. He's got a collection of wigs, so he'll try out different lighting and see what happens with brunettes, redheads, blondes, because all that's going to change. Yeah. See, he's 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 much more methodical than I am. Oh, and, he's and, he's incredibly meticulous, and 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 points to him for it. You know, I just don't have the 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 uh, patience for that kind of sure, thing. Sure, sure. Um, but in general, I think Jeffrey and I both tend to learn from English speaking people just because I might, you know, I have Spanish skills, but not really. Um, but as far the, the good thing about photography, I mean, as long if, 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 if you're learning by looking at other people's work, it's a universal language, you know, sure. I can look at some Chinese photographer stuff up and down, even though I don't know a lick of Mandarin, Yeah, you know, or Kirtesh or, yeah. And I think that we or, could actually communicate if it came down to it mm-hmm. in ways that, you know, uh, without speaking each other's languages. Um, so I think that I, I, my own personal, I think, I think that there's less variation in because photography is in general, a, a, at least straight photography, unless you get into like the really serious, heavy photo illustration, photography is somewhat universal because it's always it's what everyone is seeing, right? There isn't like a style in Japan that's completely different than the style in Poland, you know. Right. And so uh it's it's you know th- that there isn't the problem of uh there isn't this huge problem of uh trying to to understand Japanese or Chinese or or Polish photography because it's just what people are seeing in front of them, you know, it's right. light. Light right. is universal. Um, but but it, it is interesting that some – there are aesthetic differences. There are, but I don't think that they're nearly as drastic as they would be, say, in painting between those countries. Sure. Okay. Um, and, 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 and as far as lear- learning – I mean we're lucky in that we happen to speak English and English I think is a, a more universal language in photography as far as like photography learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's probably English. That's going to be the one that more people are going to come to if they don't, you know, um, right. if you're, if you're Polish and you're trying to learn photography, you're probably going to find a lot more stuff in English than you are in Polish. Right. Um, and a lot of people will learn English for those reasons. You know, it's more of the universal thing when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, Fortunately, uh, for Martin and anyone else asking these kinds of questions is we are in a time where there is uh, there is a solution for whatever type of learner you are. True. If you're an, if you're an auditory learner, there are podcasts such as this. Uh, it, you know, if you if video is your thing, there's Lynda.com or KelbyTraining.com. Uh, there are eBooks galore to help you learn different things, and uh, you know any one of them are viable. If, if that's the way you learn. Yep. But I think to Bill's point, nothing's going to take the place of picking up your camera and getting out and doing it. Doing it, doing it, doing it over yep. and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a good it. question though. Thank you, Martin. What else we got? Uh, Paul, how would, uh, Mesensic? Mesensic? How would you pronounce that? Nice. I think that's pretty close. Yeah. Paul, thank you for your question. Uh, black and white conversion. 
Hmm. We've talked about this a little I, bit. I, I would like to say that Paul, if you've seen my December portraits, Paul is the guy rolling tires across the garage. Uh, spilling coffee. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Which I, I, I really like that shot. Um, this is another area where there are there are very few wrong answers and there are a number of different solutions. If you want to do it in Lightroom, there are fantastic tools in Lightroom to convert to black and white. And then uh, I, I am I personally, I'm not a big fan of straight black and whites. Often I will go in and add a little warmth or a little bit of coolness to it just to I think it's a little richer right. than just a straight black and white. Well, what um, was his concern was that uh, it, I, I think I said I open up Lightroom and I click the black and white button, right? Because you, you were you were we were talking about how easy it is to do conversions, and ultimately that is what you could do <laughs> to sure. make black and white work. Sure. And in some ways, that's actually what it would be like for most of the time, if you're shooting black and white film, you don't get most people who are shooting black and white are not using all kinds of filters in front of their lens right. to do all kinds of crazy right. stuff. If anything, digital gives us the opportunity to then control the ingredients into the black and white color wise. Absolutely. So, Much more finesse is possible. Exactly. So you can mix in Lightroom is actually really powerful in that you can go in and uh, you can edit the 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 different color levels uh the mix for black and white the red orange yellow green aqua blue purple magenta and you can go in and you can uh raise and lower them and it brightens or darkens those different colors within the black and white the luminosity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the other nice thing that you can do in lightroom is you can click that little handle where you can go click on the image and drag up and down right uh which is totally cool uh, which allows you to then go in and say, oh, I want this section of the image to be darker. And even though you don't know what color it is, because it's in black and white in, the, in your preview, you can pull that up and down and vi almost visually sort of mix it. Yeah, you know? they're targeted adjustments. Yeah. yeah, you can really get, and you can get really granular. Yes, yes, you can totally get really granular. granular. So it's, it's, this, is, this is really, really good stuff. Um, yeah. I, if Lightroom does a certain amount of automatic trying to figure out the mix. In mm -hmm. fact, you can press that little button and it does like this auto mix. A lot of times that actually doesn't look that bad. I generally don't mess around with that stuff as much as I mess around with just contrast and highlights and shadows and blacks right. levels. And right. I'll mess Which around with in, that stuff. in some cases will give the appearance of using a red filter or exactly. an orange filter or whatever. And the same thing with moving the white balance around. Mm -hmm. Because the white balance is affecting the image before it becomes black and white. So, you're, you know, if you if you pull it down, the reds are going to uh, become brighter or that kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, and, and it depends on your, your intent. You know, if, if your intent is to do uh, a, a black and white image uh, as if it were shot on film, uh, that's going to be one technique. If, if you're the, the sort of Vincent Versace type of photographer who really wants to, to craft a black and white image and lead the viewer's eye across the image, then you're going to approach it very differently than 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 you would some other method. True, absolutely true. Um, so for me, I, I'm a boring black and white kind of guy. Uh, but if you're really serious about it, I tend to add grain to black and white images because mm -hmm. uh, I like that look of the old school sort of thing. And I, I'll even use Lightroom to do that now because the grain is actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you use was it Nick? Uh, I have used Silver Effects in the past. 
Um, but again, the, the Lightroom tools have gotten much better in version four. And uh, you can get some really fantastic results out of it. But right. Silver Effects from, from Nick Software, now Google. Right. Um, but if all have they you, changed the name? Have they changed the name of the company? Oh, I don't know. But if all you do is desaturate, you can do that. That is a Absolutely. perfectly valid way to do black and white conversion. You don't need to do something fancy. No, absolutely. Um, there, uh, there are people who'd be like, "Oh, you're, oh, you're just, oh, that's not turning black and white conversion." Well, yeah, actually, it is. It yeah. may not be the most elegant or or controlled way of doing it, but it's I, actually I would, uh, it's exactly what would happen is if you made a black and white print of a color negative or whatever. Yeah, uh, I I would say if you're going to do that, then it you know I would add a curves adjustment layer and sure. and kind of play with some things that way. Yeah, finesse um, or even Lightroom, just do you know play around with the the curves sure. and stuff. Anyway, so that's it's but, a good yeah, question, not, but don't feel bad if that's exactly what you're doing. Not at all. Not rocket science anymore. No. Uh, and people talk, you know, people talk about, there's whole, uh, books about black and white conversion in in digital. Yeah. And it's like, guys, this isn't that complicated. Yeah. I mean, yes, I understand that there are 15 different ways to do it, but that doesn't mean that you really need to do it 15 different ways. Right. You know, and it depends on your workflow. 15 different ways for me to get to Manhattan, but I'm not going to take most of them because they're just a waste of time. Um, do it anyway. manually, do it desaturate, or you know, go get silver effects or yeah. visco film. Yeah. That's a, that's another good one. Uh, if that works for you. Absolutely yeah. not rocket science. Yeah. Uh what else we got? Can we jump to Alan? Uh Alan asked about movies, about photography. Yeah, what do you got on there? Uh my favorite movie about photography, favorite recent movie is uh Bill Cunningham, New York. Which I have not watched. I love this movie. Uh, the, uh, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't. Hmm, how do I say this without offending everyone? I don't like his pictures. Well, um, they're not okay. That's fine. Or rather, I have I have immense contempt for the contempt for the fashion world. <laughs> so okay. I don't that's, care. That's, that's that's fine. You know. Okay, great. You see that women are now wearing leggings outside of their boots. Or who who gives a crap? You're like, yeah. to me, that's, that's how I feel. Right. So in so, in some ways I, that's why I don't care about the movie. But you don't, though, that's a movie you don't watch for the photographs. You watch it for the character. Study exactly. Well, that's what I need to do. I just need to overcome the fact that I don't like his whole reason for being. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Did you write, uh, you wrote back to uh, send, send Bill your emails to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, did you write back, uh, a bunch of emails? What, what other options did you have for that? Uh, what remains Sally Mann? Cause okay. I love me some Sally Mann. Okay. Uh, really fantastic documentary on, on her, uh, not only her work, but, but her transition from, from doing the, the family portraits to landscapes still, still using the large view camera. Um, but that, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, if you're into architecture, there's a film called Visual Acoustics. Uh, it's a film about Julius Schulman, who uh, did these amazing photographs of architecture in the 50s and 60s. Um, really fantastic stuff. Um, and then if you're into you know fictional accounts, just uh, films that have uh, f- photography as kind of a backdrop, uh, I really love The Year of Living Dangerously with Mel Gibson and Linda Hunt. And Sigourney Weaver. Okay. 
Uh, and then I, I actually really liked, it's a hard film to watch uh, on some levels, but I, I really liked The Bang Bang Club that came out last year. Uh, I haven't watched it. Um, there's also all of those Carter Besson movies, the Just Plain Love and Passion yep. Die, yep. Decisive Moment, uh, which are okay. There's also a documentary called Salt, where there's a guy on like a salt flat taking pictures, which I've, I have, but I've yet to oh, watch. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen this. Um, you should look that one up. Uh, there's that documentary called, uh, which is the one, Thinking Triple X, which is of uh, my buddy Timothy Greenfield Sanders shooting the porn stars. You know, I still haven't seen that. I, that's on my list and I still haven't seen it. And he's got one also, a new one about shooting the supermodels, which I've yet to see. Uh, so that one's a good one too. Uh, William Eggleston in the real world, which we talked about a while back, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is just sad and depressing because Eggleston's like this weird drunk rich guy. <laughs> um, you ever watch uh, Annie Leibovitz' Life Through the Lens? Yes. That one's okay, but Annie's kind of annoying, but her pictures are pretty. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough. What I do a lot too is if you go on uh, uh, um, Charlie Rose. Yep. And look up, there's an Avedon interview, there's a, there's a, a Platon interviews, uh, all these like big photographers, you can go watch these like extent long form interviews mm-hmm. with these guys, mm-hmm. which are incredibly informative in some ways, more so than watching a documentary about them because it's actually their words. Yeah. Uh, the BBC show genius of photography. Yeah. Which is sort of a overview thing that everyone should watch if they can. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, Mark Seliger has a show on YouTube on the Reserve Channel called Capture. Yep. That is very good. Uh, he interviews uh, usually a photographer and then some sort of actor or entertainer that also has an interest in photography. I, you know, I, f- I found it interesting, but also a little fluffy. Mm-hmm. A little. I like the one on Platon. Yeah, yeah, but it's. There were some great quotes. In it's there. a little softball. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. Uh, I, it, Seliger has a certain amount of uh, um, skin in the game, so he's going to make photographers sound like they're more important than they probably sure. are just because he's going to try to up his own game. Well, uh, it's no on taking pictures, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, they're not nearly as self-deprecating as we are, <laughs> being, being the best photogra- photography podcast on earth. <laughs> uh, not. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's some good stuff. Wait, did you just take something out? You were going to... No. I moved something to next week, but we'll, oh, we'll okay. do it next All week. Right, we'll move that's next a longer week. conversation. All right. Uh, who's our who's our photog of the week? I think we should do Platon. Platon. Do you like him? Uh, I like calling him Platon. I Platon. like that better. Uh, Platon? But I think it's Platon because he's, 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 uh, he's a Brit. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Would you show me the love? <laughs> Is that... Oh, yeah. To, to, to Clinton? To Bill Clinton. <laughs> uh, he's such a schmoo. Okay, so uh, Platon is is a portrait photographer, and, is, and is, he's got a very definite style. Yes, wide angle, wide, black and close. white. Yeah, yeah, wide angle, black and white. A lot of stuff in post. A lot of uh, um, vignetting in post. He has a very specific look. In fact, I'd love to see what his his pictures look like. You know, outside of what the raws look like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I doubt that they look nearly as cool. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I've seen interviews with him where he's seemed like kind of a jerk. And then I've also seen interviews with him that were fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really liked that he did, I saw an interview with him talking about shooting Vladimir Putin. 
Okay. Did you see this interview? No, but I, I imagine that would be a, an incredibly intimidating shoot. Well, yeah. So he, he apparently was asked to go shoot uh, Putin for Time Magazine. I think it was like a man of the year thing. Okay. And he went to Russia and he was in Moscow for two weeks waiting to get the chance to shoot Putin. Okay. Wow. Just sort of on call. Sitting around waiting. Yeah. And he's there like two weeks in or whatever it is. He gets a phone call and says, all right, we're doing it today. In two hours, a car's coming to pick you up. And a car comes, picks him up, drives him an hour out of the city to like a lake house or something that sort of a Camp David-y kind of thing Mm -hmm. in Russia. And they get there and he sets up the stuff and they're waiting for hours. (laughs) You know. uh, Is this guy going to show up? Yeah. And then so finally he shows up with like the Time Magazine interviewer guy. The guy's interviewing him, whatever it is. Platon's taking a few shots of them while they're uh, doing the interview. Putin's like giving them the eye, like a bad eye. <laughs> and right. um, they finish the interview. He's like, all right, I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, you need to get your picture taken. He's like, oh, I don't get my picture taken. They're like, well, sorry, this is part of the deal. Like you want to be man of the year? You know, right. we, we brought this world renowned guy over to take your picture. And, um, and apparently he had read, and this goes back to, uh, doing research on your subjects. He had read somewhere that Putin was a huge, uh, fan of the Beatles. Okay. And so he said to him, he sat him down and he said, what's your favorite Beatles song or Beatles album? I forget which one it was. Mm -hmm. And Putin started talking about the Beatles and completely loosened up. Wow. And they were supposed to spend like five minutes and he ended up having like 20 minutes with the guy huh? because he got him outside of where he was in his head. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And they yeah. started talking about how, uh, I think either Platon had shot McCartney or, or, or Putin had met McCartney and they started talking about how they both had met Paul McCartney. And it's like, you know, this guy's the president of Russia, but he's sitting there kind of talking about how. Uh, you know how awesome it was to to, to meet right. Paul McCartney. His fanboy moment with a Beatle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and I, it was just—it's a really good story. I think it was on Charlie Ro- his Charlie Rose interview. Um, okay. So we'll have to—I'll find a link to that and put it in the show notes. But um, it's just—he has a very interesting way of 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 thinking about photography. I think his stuff, as far as his work goes, I think a lot of it's very good. Um, I think a lot of it is very exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of his pictures are very successful and others not, not as much. Um, well, is that the success though? I mean, we've talked about refinement, refinement, refinement. Is that his success that he has refined this style of portraiture to, to the point where when you see one of these types of portraits, you know, it's that, a platon, you know, it's a platon. Yeah. But is it without the or is that a processing? Out? I think the post processing. I think if you took one of my pictures, made it black and white, put a lot of vignetting on it with a wide angle lens, it would look like a Platon photo. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't know. It's like the Martin Schuller ones, the close up shots, you know. Sure. Um, so I, I I I am a fan of his. He is he is in my list of people that I really like. Although I don't think that he is as consistent as some other people. Um, but uh, he seems like a, a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I emailed with him once cause I wanted to take his picture and we couldn't make it happen. Uh, but anyway, so if, if you haven't seen his work, he shot all the presidents. Yeah. Famously, he went in to shoot, uh, <laughs> Clinton in the, at the white house. Right. And he had, what did he have? Like he had like five minutes cause the president's schedule is like literally down to minutes. Right. And, uh, 
And he sat the president down. Yeah. What did he say to him? Well, he, they, he wasn't getting what he wanted. And he, he, he says he knew what he wanted. And uh, he said, Mr. President, would you show me the love? And, uh, and apparently one, one of Clinton's aides was like, no, 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 no. Because they, they knew what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Clinton was like, I, I know what he wants. I know what he wants. Yeah. So Clinton just kind of sits back and, and, you know, kind of kind of opens his knees and puts his hands on his knees and has this, this very cheeky smile. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Platon snaps the shot and that was the one that you, that you see. Yeah, right. And it's, it's classic, right? Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I, I think I think he's very good. I, I I think that he is he does the same thing over and over again a lot of times. I think that, uh, but but he's he's good. I mean, white background ninety percent of the time, you know, mm-hmm. or or very light background, um, very simple lighting setups. Yeah, but he's definitely the kind of guy that people could learn from. Yeah, um, uh, and if if you like uh, Platon, uh, also check out Rankin. Yeah, yeah. Very simple portraiture, though, and I, mm-hmm. I I give him props for that. Um, it's 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 interesting because he's he's cull- it's culling it down to very he's cutting it down to very basic stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's it, they are not true images of those people. They're very stylized in the fact that they are very minimal. Sure. Well, and he, and he talks about that on, on the, uh, in the Seliger interview where he, he, he's tried to get it down to, I don't want to see the body. I don't want to see the hands. Yep. It's all about the face. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's, he's also working with people, you know, if you're working with presidents and musicians and actors and models, it's easier to get them to be what you want to be. If you brought, took J- Joe Schmo off the street and put him in front of Platon, I don't know that you would actually get a picture that would be as amazing as some of these are. Mm-hmm. I think part of it has to do with the fact that these are people who know how to do their job. Right. You know? Right. Um, but uh, he's, yeah, he's good. Cause you like, look at some of his pictures of, you know, some board meeting of some guy and it looks like a very boring picture because it's just some random businessman, you know. Right. Um, but then you've got this picture of Frank Langella and he just yeah, looks right. completely amazing. Right. Because, you know, he knows how to do it. Right. Um, anyway, Platon is, is he's a good one. We'll put his he's got a really good book. Uh, I think it's uh, what is it called? It's uh, is that the one with Robert Downey Jr. on the cover. No, no, no. Is that it's, his? Uh, it's, it's I forget what the heck his name. The name of the book is it's a. Uh, uh, I have it right here. Platon's Republic. Oh, okay. Uh, which is actually a quite a good book and I'm th- you can probably find used copies on Amazon and that kind of stuff, but we'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes, but yeah, good stuff. Also a guy here, you know what? Got rid of his last name, you know, uh, yeah. Going by the single name. Yeah. Well, Some, yeah. Someday I'm going to be that cool. You're just going to be Wadman. Yeah. He chose his first name, though, because that's his first name. He's a Greek guy. Anyway. You should do that. You should get on that. Just but change just, it to Wadman. Just Wadman.com. Maybe I should just change the top of my website just say Wadman. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to do should. it right now, today. <laughs> right when we finish. I am. Um, uh, hey, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Yep. You can get a hold of us there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We love getting emails. We've got more emails to go through. We're, we're a little long, so we'll do them next week. 
you can leave us uh, a voicemail, 347-687-9411, 347-687-9411. Uh, Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. True. Uh, I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Uh, and uh, go take some pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Um, I'm good. You? Yeah, that was a long show. It was a long that show. That got intense, like life, death. <laughs> that was like that was that was like a, a philosophical novel. That's right. We don't mess around here. No. Hope people like that one. I hope so too. All right. Uh, I hope so too. <laughs> Our listenership drops in half next. It week. just plummets. Yeah. <laughs> Email after email. What the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> You're not Kierkegaard. Like, yeah, I feel like I should send you money for shrinking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you'd like to, actually, and I'm yeah, taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your PayPal address? Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll see you next week. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right. And uh, we're really looking forward to 2013. Excellent. Bye. All right. Bye.